Well, this morning, we're going to take a short little break from our study on Ephesians, and I pushed the wrong button. Okay. I've titled this morning's message, A Good Soldier. Um, there's an outline in your bulletin if you'd like to follow along this morning. Yesterday, we observed a day called Independence Day, and I actually... Uh, a little pet peeve of mine, I don't like calling it the 4th of July because that's just the date. I like calling it Independence Day because that's what we celebrate. Inde Independence Day is a celebration of the birth of American independence. It has been a federal holiday in our country since 1941. But the tradition of Independence Day's celebrations go back to the 18th century and the American Revolution. On July 2nd, 1776, the Continental Congress voted in favor of independence, and two days later, delegates from 13 colonies adopted the Declaration of Independence, a historic document drafted by Thomas Jefferson. Independence Day is celebrated with festivities ranging from fireworks and parades and concerts to more casual family gatherings and barbecues. Six weeks ago, we observed another holiday called Memorial Day. Memorial Day is also marked by parades, speeches, flags, flowers, and flowers also placed on the graves of many servicemen. It was first observed in 1868 for the purpose of decorating the graves of those who died in the Civil War. It remembers all those who died in the wars of our nation, that our nation has fought. And I think as well, we would be wise to remember the good soldiers of Jesus Christ who paved the way for you and me and our Christian lives. And we need to thank God for the good soldiers of Christ who have fought as well. I'm going to ask you if you will take your Bibles and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. We're going to, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 2. We're going to look at the first four verses of 2 Timothy chapter 2. And uh, the book of Timothy is written by Paul to, any guesses? Timothy, how did you figure that out? Wow, amazing. And this is, this is what Paul says to Timothy. He says this, he says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlists him as a good soldier. Now Paul uses the term good soldier. So this morning I want to talk about that idea a little bit. Paul calls Timothy to be a good soldier. He says he is a good soldier. His call to Timothy is no different than the call to us as believers in Jesus Christ to be good soldiers for the kingdom. So, what are some of the marks of a good soldier? What are they? Well, in your notes, you'll have some things you can fill in this morning. And I, there's four things I want to focus on this morning. The marks of a good soldier. The first mark of a good soldier is their strength comes from their leader. The strength comes from their leader. Look again at verse 1. It says, you, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He calls for Timothy to be strong because of the grace he has through Jesus Christ. Robert E. Lee, General Robert E. Lee, is considered one of the greatest military generals in American history. Not just because of his military tactics, but Winston Churchill also called him one of the noblest Americans 
whoever lived. In the Civil War, the Southern forces were willing to do anything Lee asked them to do. And it often only took one encouraging word from him to inspire his commanders. His troops drew their strength from him. The word in the passage here that says be strong means to be empowered. Paul is telling Timothy that he should do nothing by his own strength. His strength needs to come from the Lord. From his understanding of the grace he has through Jesus Christ. Friends, we must draw our strength from the Lord as well. Knowing we are secure in the Lord. Now listen carefully to what I'm saying here. Knowing that we are secure in the Lord allows us to have the strength to do all that he has called us to do. You see, friends, if we know who we are in Jesus Christ, and we know where we're going, and we know that we, our faith is secure, and we know that our future is secure for all eternity, I don't know about you, but that takes a lot of pressure off. Doesn't it? Because of that, there is nothing in this world that we should fear. Nothing in this world that we should fear. Stonewall Jackson was a general of the South during the Civil War. And this is what he said. Listen to what he said. He said, my faith teaches me to feel as safe in battle as in bed. Just stop there for a second. My faith teaches me to be just as safe in the battlefield as I am in bed. And people would ask, well, why? God has fixed the time for my death. I do not concern myself about that. But to be always ready, no matter when it may overtake me. Captain, that is the way all men should live. And then all would be equally brave. And it says captain because there was a captain who asked him. Stonewall Jackson got the nickname Stonewall because in the very first battle of the Civil War, he, they said, behold, look at General Jackson. He stands there like a stone wall. In the midst of fire where soldiers are cowering and hiding, Stonewall Jackson's sitting on his horse, leading his men. And the captain says, General, how can you do that? And that is his answer. Because I know God is in control. I know God is sovereign. What do I got to worry about? I'm going to go when I go. I know God's got all this figured out. You see, friends, our strength comes from the grace that we have through Jesus Christ. And that is what Paul is trying to communicate to Timothy. So, the first thing is our strength comes from our leader. The second, what does a good soldier do? They teach others what they have learned. Look what it says in verse 2. It says, The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You see, in his travels with Paul, Timothy had heard Paul teach many, many things. And no matter who Paul was talking to, the message of the gospel did not change. Paul may have used different illustrations, emphasized different things, but the message of the gospel never changed. The same truths that he had imparted on Timothy, he had communicated to others as well. But understand this too, that at the time Paul was writing this letter, he was getting towards the end of his ministry. And he knew that the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ could not end with Timothy. He knew that. He knew that it must be passed on from generation to generation. 
And friends, that is the call to us as soldiers of Christ. We must continue to pass on the message of the gospel to others. If you think about it, each one of us in this room knows Christ because the message of the gospel was passed on to us by someone else. And friends, if we don't continue to pass on the message of the gospel, what's going to happen? People will no longer know. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. That's us. You realize that? That's our feet that bring good news. That share the love of Jesus Christ with others. That share the truth of the gospel with others. Especially in a world and in a time where people seem so lost, so angry, and so confused. One thing that doesn't change is the truth of Jesus Christ and the message of the gospel. This does not change, friends. Third idea. A good soldier. They're willing to do the hard stuff. The hard stuff. Look what it says in verse 3 again. It says, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Now, that's not a very encouraging thing. Come on, suffer with me. How, how many times have you tried to encourage somebody by saying that? Hey, come on, let's suffer together. Well, but that's what Paul says to Timothy. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. You see, friends, Paul had endured suffering, much suffering throughout his ministry. I wrote these down. These are just a few things that Paul had experienced in his ministry as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Paul was stoned and left for dead. He was beaten with rods. Not once, not twice, but on three different occasions. He was whipped with 39 lashes multiple times. He was attacked by an angry mob. Paul had received many death threats. Paul was shipwrecked three times. Shipwrecked three times. I'd love to take a survey of that era and find out how many people were shipwrecked more than once. Three different times Paul was shipwrecked. He was criticized by other Christians. And he was under arrest for two years without having a trial. Paul, when he said, come suffer with me, yikes. Okay? I mean, if somebody's got a paper cut and says, hey, come suffer with me, I can handle that. I don't know about what Paul went through. But Paul is reminding Timothy and us that anyone who is a soldier endures hardships. Being a soldier is not easy, right? When you hear stories of war, they're not just all nice, happy, warm, fuzzy rainbows and unicorns, right? Friends, as a soldier of Christ, we will endure hard times. At times, we will need to do the hard things. Things which cause us to be ridiculed. Things that make us vulnerable. Things that will even cause us to be persecuted. But remember what Jesus said 
in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus said this. He said, Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus says this because that is what will happen when we stand out for Jesus Christ. If that wasn't going to happen, Jesus wouldn't have to say this. People will insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. Got to do the hard stuff as a soldier of Christ. Here's number four. A good soldier, they know how to avoid traps. Now, this is a big one. Look what it says again in verse soldier. It says, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Oops, I got my pages messed up here. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. You know, back in Paul's day, a Roman soldier was single-minded single in purpose. Roman soldiers had a reputation of being very disciplined, of having unquestioning obedience to their commanding officer. A Roman soldier didn't get caught up in everyday affairs. A Roman soldier was focused on his duty. Realize that the Roman Empire was very big at the time. Roman soldiers were called to keep order in all these different regions of the Roman Empire, in multiple cultures, in different places. They couldn't, uh, they couldn't afford to get caught up in all the local stuff. You realize that, right? They couldn't, get, uh, they couldn't get caught up in local customs and local issues and all those things. They had to maintain order. Now, see, in a similar way, friends, as we focus on Jesus Christ, we can avoid pitfalls and not get, get distracted by everyday life. If anything life teaches us is that the distractions continue to come, don't they? And they keep changing, don't they? It's not the same distractions all the time. But see, we got to be careful, friends, not to get distracted away from what we are and who we are called to be as a soldier of Jesus Christ. Does that mean we ignore everything around us? No. But it means that we don't get caught up in those things and sacrifice the purpose of why we're here to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. We must always have our eyes and our hearts focused on the reason why we're here. Look what Paul says in Philippians 3. He says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God. In Christ Jesus. Wow, that's an awesome verse. Paul says the past is the past. 
and I continue to move forward for the cause of Jesus Christ. You wouldn't know this, but many, many years ago, I used to run track and field. Why are we laughing? I was a hurdler. And it wasn't bad. But understand this. If you ever watch the Olympics or any track and field event, and you watch a hurdler run, and I love this image, where are his eyes? He's looking at the finish line. A hurdler never looks at the hurdles. You know why? Because they're always in the same place. They don't change them every race. They're exactly the same distance apart. And if you're doing it right, you know that a certain number of steps at a certain length will get you perfectly to the next hurdle. A hurdler doesn't look at the obstacles before him. A hurdler looks at the finish line. And this is what Paul is saying, is that as a follower of Jesus Christ, we look at the finish line. Paul says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And friends, just like a soldier, we want to please the one who enlisted us, as Paul said, and that is the Lord. We need to seek to please Christ in giving ourselves to his service without distraction. Without distraction. In a war, an enemy will create diversions to distract from where the real battle is. This is very common in wartime. All right, another short history lesson. Before the invasion of Normandy during World War II, there was an operation called Operation Quicksilver. Operation Quicksilver was the creation of a fictitious, what they call, ghost army. An army that didn't really exist. It was established in East Anglia and Southeast England. It gave the appearance that the Allies were planning an attack on the port of Calais in France. The port of Calais made the, made the most sense. The port of Calais was the shortest distance across the English Channel into France. So they created this fictitious army along the English coast. They had blow-up tanks and trucks that they would move around every day so that when the Germans would fly their reconnaissance, they would see stuff had moved. They had constant wires of communication and information of this fictitious army, which the Germans felt was being led by General George Patton. Fake planes, blow-up tanks, and tents to make fake camps. And you know what? It worked because the Germans moved so much of their force over to the, to the port of Calais. And while the evasion happened in Normandy, the Germans actually thought that what was happening in Normandy was a distraction to pull them away from Calais. How do you like that? It's the truth. It made a huge difference because Rommel was not able to get his panzer divisions there to Normandy in time to impact the invasion. I'm sorry, I could go on, but end of history lesson. We cannot be distracted, friends, by where the real battle is. Because this world and the evil one will continue to throw stuff at us to distract us from what is going on. Because I know that my maker is going to ask me, what did you do for the kingdom? 
I could say, well, I did this, and this was nice, and I did that, and that was nice, and I did this, and everybody thought I was a great person, I felt really good about myself. What did you do for the kingdom? That's the question, friends. Because, friends, the war is real. The war is real. Christians are being per persecuted all over the world. In the country of Iraq, Christians have shrunk from 1.5 million to less than 300,000. But now that number is going back up, praise God. In many countries, you can be arrested for telling people about Jesus. And in some countries, you can be executed for doing that. Radical Islamic terror groups are slaughtering Christians by the thousands. Last year in Sri Lanka on Easter Sunday, three churches were bombed, killing over 300 Christians and wounding another 500. In North Korea, tens of thousands of Christians have been enslaved in labor camps because they profess Jesus Christ. I don't know if you realize this, but there are actually over 50 countries in the world where it is actually illegal to be a Christian. But the war doesn't end there. In America, there is an increasing hostility and, uh, and intolerance toward Christian beliefs. In our current culture, you're free to be a Christian as long as you don't actually live out your faith. Vote your faith. Take a stand in relation to your faith. Or believe others should embrace the truth. On college campuses throughout the Europe, throughout the U.S., outspoken Christians are regularly demeaned, regularly demeaned, debased, bullied, and targeted for their beliefs. Academics, social groups, and college organizations regularly ridicule Christians by calling them hateful, bigoted, and privileged, among other things. In our country, we see the destruction of the American family. Over 40% of all children in our country are now being raised in single-parent homes. In this world... Every day, on average, 11 Christians are killed for their faith. In this world, every day, on average, three to four churches and Christian buildings are attacked or destroyed. In this world, every day, an average of 12 Christians are detained without trial, arrested, sentenced, and imprisoned. We often take time to remember and are grateful for those who have fought for our country and our freedom. But let's not forget, friends, that the battle continues today. The battle for Jesus Christ. The advancement of the gospel, the glorification of God, and the declaration that Jesus is Lord. And we are called to soldiers in this war, friends. We are called to be soldiers for Jesus Christ. No matter what is going on in the world, we are called today, we will be called tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day. And as followers of Christ and as soldiers of Christ, we need to remember that our strength from, comes from our leader, Jesus Christ, and that we must teach others what we have learned. We must teach them the truth of the gospel.
And we must be willing to do the hard stuff, to be persecuted, to be ridiculed. And we have to know how to avoid traps and not get caught up in the thing of the day. Because there's always a thing of the day, isn't there? We must continue to pursue truth above all things. Because no matter what the world is struggling with, no matter what the world is challenged with, no matter what the world is confused about, the answer is always the same, and the answer is Jesus Christ. That is the answer for mankind. Because all the other things that the world worries about will mean nothing in the end. The only thing that will matter is, have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord? That's it, friends. That's it. We are called to be soldiers of Christ. Let's remember that. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for the call on our lives and the privilege that we have to serve you, to follow you, and to be soldiers, as Paul told Timothy. Help us to understand what that means and help us to always, as Paul said, keep our eyes focused on the goal, the goal being you and the advancement of your gospel. So as we go today, may we celebrate who we are in you. May we glorify you with everything that we are. And may we go ready to fight the war in the name of Jesus Christ, empowered by your spirit, inspired by you as our leader, and share that good news with all of mankind that Jesus is Lord. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Have a blessed day.